welcome to Left on Red, the Daily Mountain Eagles Political History Podcast. I'm Jennifer Coron. And I'm Drew Gilbert. And our guest this week is Republican Party Chairwoman Linda Enzer, who was our first guest to kind of uh, give us a little pushback she on did. some of those questions. She had been warned about me, rightfully so. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she learned I wasn't near as scary as they made and, me out to be. And you, her, uh, I said she was coming was for you for if her. you came. If you came with ready. some she of those questions, <laughs> she got me on one, and it was great. She did. She did. Um, but she was another person whose name was up um, in our conversations from the time that we first started talking about who we wanted to get on the podcast. Um, obviously, she was our first. Um, I guess party official. Greg is like mm-hmm. a former former right, party, right? But kind of an active. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's, I feel like that's a story that's fascinating to us because we are of an age that we're kind of skeptical of organizations, mm-hmm. of political parties, like party loyalty is almost like not part of our vocabulary. Like that's we right. don't understand it. Right. Um, but that's not how our politics have worked for years and years. These organizations and, exist, well, and, I, and, and there I, are I people who run them. I don't think it's going to end either. Right. I don't think generationally we're going to kill it. I think it's still going to be the thing. Um, right. But, yeah, it was uh, it, certainly interesting to hear her take from the inside mm-hmm. there. And as I said last week, um, I think she really did take us from that Greg Reed conversation of where the party was kind of when he was making his mark to where they are today. Linda has seen a lot of mm-hmm. that history. So she, right. she has some good stories about that, explained a lot to us about how the process works. Uh, and we we certainly had a good time learning. As she was probably educational as much as she was fun. We learned a lot of stuff. She came in with a lot of paperwork. She did. I don't think she had to reference a lot of it, but she was ready uh-uh. for battle. Nope. Yeah. She was ready. She was yeah. ready for whatever we threw <laughs> at her. She did a good job. So here's our interview with Linda. Okay. We'd like to welcome... Republican Chairwoman Linda Enzer to the podcast. Um, Linda and I have had worked together a few years ago when I was covering the commission. Um, and you've been, how long altogether have you been chairwoman now? Oh, I have uh, since 2010 when uh, Curtis died. I had a couple of years there. That, and it was uh, only a little bit where like Keith was, Keith was, was chair, chair for, for two bit. years. And then um, Stephen Adderholt was chair for That's a right. year. Okay. And but those those guys are, they're young. They have uh, another job plus holding the mm-hmm. uh, public office. They have families and they keep bringing. They were just you so busy. That <laughs> yeah. I, she, put it, she put it polite. I was going to say every time one of those men couldn't handle it, uh-huh. she has to step up to the plate. Yeah. Well, I, I wasn't going it. to say I that. Said, not but you. Yeah. they expect that behavior yes. out of me. But no, it's um, uh, those guys still work really mm-hmm. closely with the party. It's just hard. It takes a lot of time mm-hmm. to. Mm-hmm. Um, work especially during the uh, election season yeah which uh, we may get into with this a little bit i think that's something that a lot of people think that the party just exists around election time but there's mm-hmm. not a lot to be done mm-hmm. except every two years and that's not true there's there's a lot to be done uh so take me back to uh how you became a republican at what point i know you and i have talked that it, that you grew up in a one-party county it just happened to be a different party than what we have right now and I think you said that kind of influenced um, your political situation early on so tell me tell me a little bit about that well um, ever since I've been old enough to vote basically um, that's when the change came with me Mm -hmm. and um, wanting to be more conservative and the democrat party uh kept moving away from a lot of the people uh with their views on social issues Mm -hmm. and and so forth um and i just uh, made up my own mind uh i was uh my i had two uncles that were in politics and they uh they were of the other party mm-hmm. because that was the only one right. basically that existed at the time. But um, I just listened. I liked the national leaders at the time. Uh, uh, over the years, mm-hmm. uh, we've had several good uh, presidents from uh, 
the Republican Party, and um, that's sort of how I got involved. And then I'll, um, in the late 90s, um, I had opportunity to start with Republican women, and I did not know that that existed. Mm -hmm. And I was never one to really um, be out front on anything. I mean, I'd just go to the polls and vote and sometimes express my opinion on things. Right. But um, after a year or so, uh, I was drafted as president of the uh, Republican women. And that, um, I stayed there for, for a while. Um, but being on a uh, Republican uh, women president, you serve on the steering committee of the county party. And, of course, that's how I got started with the county party. Mm -hmm. And when I got there, then the secretary, after oh, probably a year or so, I don't know exactly how long, she decided that she wanted to step down. So I was drafted uh, as secretary of the county party. Okay. And I worked with Curtis Poe, who followed Senator Reed. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, Curtis and his wife uh, were really, really good with me. They, uh, they taught me a lot. Um, I was new to the ins and outs of of the uh, party. Mm -hmm. Bottom line, uh, you know, you're a Republican, and and but I did not know all the ins and outs of the party, so they were really good to help me. And um, Curtis sort of had an untimely death, and one sort of it, it was mm -hmm. it shocked us all uh, on Christmas Day. Mm. And uh, he uh, passed away, and uh, then I was drafted again uh, to be chair of the party. And um, Curtis and I were working on the bylaws at the time of his death, so I finished those and got those in compliance with the state uh, bylaws. And uh, I was really green. Uh, when it came to the elections, and uh, and he taught me a lot. Um, of course, after his death, um, there was uh, another fella that stepped up and helped me mm -hmm. when I needed help. He wasn't the hands-on like Curtis was because mm -hmm. he had his. He was busy with other things, and that's Senator Charles Bishop. Okay, um, he has been really good to. Um, walk me through uh, in the early stages especially. So we talked a little party. bit about uh, with Greg about the pitch to the voters at the time when as he said you know there had been so much crossover I mean everybody was Democrats but you had you know very liberal Democrats and very conservative Democrats and at that point the party started to say if we're going to be conservative then let's all be Republican like it, like at the time that he was chairperson, that was, you know, what the pitch to voters was. So help me understand in the time period that we're talking about now, what were you guys doing in trying to make the Republican Party, to grow the Republican Party, to present the party in such a way that voters would hear your message? What was going on? We were um, basically advertising um, to uh, vote conservative, mm -hmm. we didn't always use the word Republican, mm -hmm. uh, although uh, we did a lot, mm -hmm. but we were appealing to conservatives and inviting them to join us. And this uh, was during the Bush years? Am I getting my time period right? Um Well, and, and prior to that even also. Okay. Even, uh, and um, it, a lot of the people that we had, or the office holders that we had to cross over, were solid, conservative people. And a lot of those um, came over on their own. Mm -hmm. And others, uh, we asked uh, to come. We just, we talked with them, and, and we felt like that our platform was uh, more in line with their beliefs mm -hmm. and so um, we did not have a hard time changing. Um, we started out in uh, 2008 of course with Brad Engel 
and then in 2010, we had um, five candidates uh, on uh, that were Republican, ran on the Republican ticket, and uh, and won. And then in 2011, there was uh, four that switched parties mm -hmm. during that uh, period of time. And then in 2012, we had um, several uh, elected. Um, and then we had another one to switch. Mm -hmm. And uh, most of them had, had already come over mm -hmm. by 2012, but we still had one or two. And the last one was in 2014. We had one, one now, more. Let's go back to Brad and tell me why that election was so significant for you guys. Because I, I remember the article that we did, I think, after the 2014 election, you said that at the time he was kind of taking a little bit of a risk by taking on that label um, at, at the county level. Like he was the one who had to show that you can be elected as a Republican, right? That, that's what Brad had to do. Brad was a young man. He was a very hard worker. He had children in the school system. He participated uh, a lot in the Cordova area with the quarterback club and whatever, mm -hmm. the activities there. Um, he would go to all the ball games, and he started um, oh a year or more out, probably maybe even two years. And um, he would uh, talk to people, hand out cards, and he started out just talking. I think, uh, as best I remember, uh, talking about uh, running. Mm -hmm. I don't think he had at that particular time decided on which party mm -hmm. that he would uh, run, which ballot he wanted on. So um, it didn't take him long, though. I've known Brad since he was born <laughs> <laughs> and his family. Um, and um, I think Curtis uh, knew him, his family, really well, too, especially his dad. Um, and we just talked with him and, and encouraged him. And... Um, we, um, you know, were real excited to have mm -hmm. him uh, run because it was hard, mm -hmm. bottom line, um, in 2008 to get someone to run on the Republican ticket because they didn't think they could win. Mm -hmm. And um, <clears throat> we just um, sort of had a vision, you know, that, that we were going to grow the party mm -hmm. and we worked hard at it. And uh, you can see where we are and now. And he didn't just barely win like he handily won he, right he yes. won i think maybe almost every box in the county if i remember correctly he was uh, such a a nice young man uh, a good young man and people uh respected him and uh it, it i think that probably brought about his uh, huge win uh, and so you already kind of answered one of the questions which was that a lot of people after that just came over on their own. And some people you guys reached out to. Yes. But for a lot of people, Brad's election was the sign they needed that I want to, you know, I would have wanted to switch anyway, but I'm afraid I can't get elected. With Brad, they now felt comfortable taking on that Republican label because they knew they weren't putting their political future at risk. They could be who they were. They could they could take the label and win at the county level. Absolutely, uh, this gave uh, gave other people hope, and uh, they were not they didn't feel like it was quite as much of a, a chance mm -hmm. uh, to take as uh, you know it probably would have been prior to that. Yeah. Okay. So we were excited and. I still appreciate Brad for that. He, uh, you know, he really gave us our start. Uh, and uh, and so by, was it 2014 or am I remember, was it 12? I'm maybe beginning, which year was it that you guys at that point had, I think, almost all of the county office holders? Uh, it was 2014. 2014. Mm -hmm. And so it, they had either been elected or had switched parties by that point. I think there were maybe three or four Democrats left in the county, something like that. So, um so we've now taken the Republican Party from, I think the analogy's been used at one point. I mean, you guys could have met in like a phone, you know, a, a Jack's booth or something. There just weren't that many of you to by 2014. I mean, you were strong, you were growing, and you had, you know, good candidates for office and in office. 
Uh, yes, um, basically uh, we started out at Moore's Landing. And of course they didn't have a PA system. Mm -hmm. And uh, as we grew, we needed more space. Mm -hmm. But also we were getting a lot of complaints that they could not hear us um, because we didn't have the PA system. Mm -hmm. So um, we uh, moved to uh, Victoria's. That helped a little. We're going to have to send some advertising. I heard some out <laughs> no offense to Jax <laughs> that, that you guys weren't on the list. <laughs> and then um, we uh, uh, outgrew that in just a very short period of time. I mean, they were hanging off the b balcony, right. if you right. know how that was. And um, we, then we um, uh, moved to uh, Bevel State uh, Cafeteria. And that gives us plenty of room, mm -hmm. and that's where we are now. And we can open up even more if we need to. And we have had to open up um, the uh, dividers mm -hmm. so we could have more, more room. But just to put an even finer point on the conversation, it took a lot of work to get the party to that point. That didn't happen overnight. That was a lot of people who worked for a long time to, it was. to get people to convince people to get the message out. That was a journey that a lot of you guys took. It was, it was, um, it, it took a lot of time and, but it's uh, a journey I would do over in a heartbeat. I mean, I'm just really excited for Walker County now and for the opportunities that hopefully we have down the road. Mm -hmm. uh, so um, I, I don't regret you know, spending that time, and of course, this is, um, is a uh, a position where you don't get paid, mm -hmm. you don't even get expense accounts or anything like that. Mm -hmm. I mean, if if you needed it, you could, but I mean, that's just not what you do. Right. And um, it's uh, it takes a lot of a uh, lot of your money too, actually, uh, quite a few dollars if you're living on a tight income. Right. You know? <laughs> So tell me um, <coughs> how the party decides now when the question comes up about switching parties and that kind of thing. Because I know that's come up in a couple of election cycles. So what does that process look like and what are kind of the criteria for someone who has been a Democrat in the past? I mean, as most people will have been if they're of a certain age. So what's that look like? I mean, how do you um how do you make that switch now through the party system well now there's no one to switch right <laughs> <laughs> good just, point she can just drop the microphone that's fair <laughs> but, but if there were <laughs> what um uh, the process basically uh we have uh, somewhere 20 25 members at any given time of the uh, on the executive committee mm -hmm. for the county and we always bring the people before the entire committee uh, so they would all have opportunity to talk to them ask questions uh, just to fill out whether they're comfortable mm -hmm. with uh, with them switching parties and a lot of people know things that others don't know mm -hmm. and you know, um, then we uh, we let the person uh, leave and we uh, we discuss uh, the situation and decide, and uh, it has. Uh, I think it's been rewarding for all of us in on the committees. There's uh, people there that's been in the Republican Party longer than I have. Mm -hmm. There's three or four that are still alive. And some of the seats rotate. Do they not? Don't they rotate by position or something like that? Uh, not necessarily rotate, but we do have elections every four years. Okay. And uh, we, um, you know, you have opportunity to bring new people on board and fill seats where maybe someone has uh, moved on mm -hmm. uh, for some reason or another. And um, it's um, it's been... Um, and some of them journey. are current office holders, but isn't it true that they would have to recuse themselves or something if, if the person coming before them had anything to do with their particular yes. election or something? Yes, we do that. And, of course, with our screening committee now, 
uh, on uh, candidates mm -hmm. uh, if anything uh, comes up um, we have uh, they have to recuse themselves if, if they might be running for this office that this other person's holding mm -hmm. or something uh, and we try to make everything uh, comfortable even when we we deny mm -hmm. you know you don't want to have ugly situations right. and press and you want to uh, you know just uh, go through it as uh, decent as mm -hmm. you can and be kind to, to everybody bottom line. And is it a range of factors that people could get denied for? I mean uh, it's not just one question that torpedoes them in oh, a situation no. like that. It's just the no. overall vibe that well we've, we have some really strange uh, situations sometimes. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's uh, maybe uh, they have a jail record mm -hmm. uh, maybe that <laughs> Maybe, uh, <laughs> maybe I'm not going to ask for any names. Yeah, I, no names. We're good. We're good. This uh, this election cycle is interesting. Mm -hmm. I will just tell you that mm -hmm. uh, it, we've had things uh, crop up that we've not had happen before, and it's uh, I don't know if people think that you're going to forget all of these things that's happened that uh -huh. they've. Been arrested and served that time your name or whatever. Been in the Mountain Eagle before. <laughs> that <laughs> your name has been in the Mountain Eagle. Yes, but um, yeah, it's um, it's been interesting, and 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 you're right. It's not just one question. It it's um, what pertains to that person mm -hmm. when they get in there. Um, I try to do a lot of research prior. Mm -hmm. I try to do even research and and talk to the people prior to them signing the paper. Mm -hmm. But that's only me. Right. That is not the committee. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, the committee is the one that makes the decision as to whether they're going to research in terms not. of telling me. Let's say I'm the candidate, and so you would have that conversation with me before I sign to even make myself a candidate. I mean. I would so I we're would aware of X, Y, and Z, and this may make the process difficult for you. Yes. This is what you're saying. I have I done gotcha. that a number of times. I'm not interested. Just so in we're all like, everybody's clear about the whole situation. You know, there's not, you're not going to be surprised later. I'm not interested in, and neither is the committee, uh, interested in taking the money. Mm -hmm. um, you have to qualify before you get to go before the screening committee, and your qualifying fees are non-refundable. Mm -hmm. And we're not interested in just qualifying people to get the money. Mm -hmm. In fact, I would rather them not, if they have any doubt or anything as to whether they're going to uh, be accepted. Uh, to me, it's always good to make them think about that because, I mean, come up with a thousand dollars you know you just uh, some people um that's a lot of money is it a flat rate or is it based on their salary no. for them it's uh two percent of the salary at this point and uh, that is the highest that we can charge now okay. we can um do less if mm -hmm. we choose to do so and the non-renumerative positions uh, like constables then uh, theirs is set $50. And the state has set those uh, limits there. Mm -hmm. uh, there again, we could um, could lower those mm -hmm. if we, you know, so chose to do that. And that money goes to the party's budget, right? That's not, that's not going to any governing body. That's to you guys, to the party? Yes, right? and we use, uh, we use our funds, uh, so far as advertising, which the Mountain Eagle is uh, <laughs> a big we, receipt. We cash some of checks, <laughs> and my family gets to eat, so I appreciate right, that. I don't want to argue with that. Yeah, it's so tell me a little bit. Uh, you mentioned the screening committee for candidates. How many how many people serve on that committee? There's five. Five members. Mm -hmm. Is there any 
X factor you're looking for when a candidate comes before you? I mean, like you said, you've, you've screened, you've talked to people, you know who they are and what they're about. Is there like just a line in the sand on, you know, this, this article or that article that you are just like, no, you can't have, you know, you can't have the R next to your name? Or is it really just about the conversation in the room for you and really getting a feel for that person? Well, we uh, have um, information sometimes mm -hmm. where we can prove that they're a Democrat, mm -hmm. bottom line, um, or they're an independent. Mm -hmm. And we are not interested in opening up our ballot to rhinos, to mm -hmm. other parties. We want to keep uh, the Republicans in the Republican Party, and, and we're not interested in uh, opening it to everyone. Mm -hmm. I know um, years ago, the Democrats, you know, I mean, everybody uh, ran on that, and mm -hmm. I know that. But then now, you have opportunities with other parties. Uh, I know that here in Walker County, it's not real um, easy to uh, be elected on uh, something other than the Republican. Right. But statewide, I mean, as in your, the interviews you, you all have done, uh, they're still elected, mm -hmm. uh, people from other parties and, and national, you know, too. So what's the major difference to, just to you personally from, you know, the, the mass exodus of people we had in 2011 that, that were conservative Democrats at the time? You know, they had a D next to their name, but they were pretty conservative people. What's the difference between them and someone today that may be a conservative Democrat that wants to run as a Republican? Would that be somebody you wouldn't, you wouldn't want them now, right? From what you're saying, you would prefer they run as a Democrat? They need to... Uh if they're not, if they don't believe in the Republican platform mm -hmm. and interested in working with the party, then they need to uh, to stay in their own party. Okay. Right. Was it a timing factor too? Was it a timing factor? Because you mentioned, I mean, so at some point it just wasn't an option. So is it a timing factor in terms of, um, you know, the Republican Party has has been around, it's been strong for X number of years. So like the conservative Democrats that Drew's talking about right now. I mean, would it be fair to say that you guys kind of think that you've had opportunity to to switch before now? Would that be would that be fair to say? Well, they have, and uh, if someone waits to the very last minute before um, qualifying starts, mm -hmm. then that is a definite red flag. Red flag. Mm -hmm. Uh, you need to have worked with a party for a while prior to that if you want really good support from the Republican Party. I'm not saying uh, there's not been people who've dropped in on us like that, mm -hmm. but um, it's uh, you need to start earlier if you're really interested in switching parties. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of moving parts that we're hearing here. We're hearing, you know, particular issues, Republican platform. We're talking about how involved you've been in the party, you know, to get a certain level of support. So there's a lot of things going on in this process is what it's sounding like. That's correct. And we've got, we talked a little bit before we got on mic about, like, in, in where Jennifer and I live in District 3, you've mm -hmm. already got four people qualified for the party. A lot of those are people that probably weren't active in the party but weren't really a part of any party to this mm -hmm. point probably haven't run for something. what's that conversation like with those people you know these are probably just good people that are trying to serve their community but they haven't been vested in your party at that point what is what does that conversation look like for you guys well um of course um you can always go back to um in the last primary mm -hmm. how did you vote mm -hmm. and uh, did you ask for a uh, republican ballot and um, which is something you can verify because you can look can, at you can look at the rolls. Mm -hmm. I can verify that, and that is one thing. Um, and of course, if they did not vote with us, and if they've served uh, as officers mm -hmm. in another party, mm -hmm. uh, then <laughs> that's a flag, right? <laughs> good luck. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 
feeling like this is some of that stuff that would come out in Miss Enzer's research that she had that conversation yeah. with me before I ever signed my name on the line. Well, and now you've got, I mean, this is this is 2019. You you can leverage social media. You, you can mm-hmm. see how people feel about <laughs> you, the world, right? You You can go look at look at their, their Facebook rant or their retweet or, you know. A few too you, many MSNBC shares. Right? Yeah. And, <laughs> is, and, there a, is there a number of MSNBC shares you're allowed? Like, like oh, I wish there was. Please tell me there is. <laughs> Well, uh, I have been known to uh, make snapshots yeah. of yes. Facebook, yeah. Uh, yeah. and uh, <laughs> and I do keep files. Yeah. I, I have hey, uh, I have good files. That's what so. it's about. Um, yeah. Well, I guess on the MSNBC uh, share, can enough Fox News shares offset your MSNBC shares? Is that allowed? I don't know. Are they created equal? Uh, I don't know. We'll get too deep down that rabbit hole. You're right. <laughs> too deep. Hey, let's switch off that. Tell me, so you, you, from what you said earlier, you pretty much have identified as a Republican for your adult life is what it feels like. Absolutely. And that wasn't the cool thing to do in Walker County, um, I guess, in your coming of age, because we were, we were Democrat, uh, even, at, even at Jennifer and, and I, uh, half my life uh, for, for at least that. Mm-hmm. Um so you've seen a lot of presidents from both parties. Do you follow a lot of the national scene, too, or are you more engaged just in the local scene? Well, I, uh, I do, of course, have a huge interest in the national scene uh-huh. because the national scene, even, you know, that filters down. It helps mm-hmm. us on the local level. Um, I've worked with the state party a good bit. I've okay. served on committees, and uh, I uh, have... Uh, enjoyed that uh, in the past several years. Uh, it's been uh, last year or two I've, I've sort of uh, slipped back on that and just staying local. But uh, I, uh, I work on state and uh, I keep up with the federal level. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have friends that are uh, much more involved on the national level and uh, I'm always excited to now, Find one of those going um, on. lives here in Walker County. And for those who don't know, tell us who that is and tell us what she does. Uh, Vicki Drummond is the uh, National Committee Woman for Alabama, and uh, she is also the secretary for the RNC. Did you realize well, this? Yeah, this only year? only through recent research. It's uh-huh. not something that I just carried yeah. with me. But I don't think yeah. a lot of people realize no, that. No, I don't think they did. Um, so you've seen a lot of, who is your favorite president of your lifetime? That's hard to say. Um, do you want to do a top two or a top three? I'll um, allow that. Of course, Reagan, you know, I, yeah. I really, uh, really appreciated him a lot. Um, but I like George W. Bush uh-huh. a lot. And I, I tend to like him more post-presidency than I did in it. I, I, I like him as the retired president a lot. Same for uh, a guy like Jimmy Carter. He mm-hmm. he feels like he's done more post-presidency than he ever did when he was in the mm-hmm. White House. He has, and I think more people respect him mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. because of his work with the Habitat. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and I think he was just an all-around good guy mm-hmm. and just luckily got into that office. Well, that'll segue me to my other question then. Who's your favorite Democrat of your lifetime? Ooh. <laughs> you can't leave this room until you okay. answer it. Do you want to? Uh, I do, I, and you can tell me as much <laughs> as you want. I'll just sit back quietly. I, I really uh, can't answer it in in the uh, way that you asked that. You can but I have, my question if you want. I have used uh, the national uh, presidents in advertising quite a bit uh-huh. for our yeah, local, on our them. local oh. level. I've seen them. Yeah. And so... Um, I, uh, so who gave you more, President Obama? So your favorite would be Obama because he's your favorite boogeyman. Then I guess. <laughs> well, I, I don't know. Well, we've had some. We've had a couple of good ones in there. That, and um, and uh, one's wife is always uh, uh, real interesting. Yeah. So that's perhaps the nicest thing that's ever been said about Hillary Clinton. <laughs> she's <laughs> a fun she's boogeyman around these parts too. <laughs> but um, well, now now to be fair, uh, we had uh, we had King Ewan in here mm-hmm. uh, recently, 
and he gave a top three. Get I ready for this question, one. A top three presidents of all time. I didn't do the kind of a lifetime. Ronald Reagan was in his top three. Mm-hmm. I'm so, not surprised. Yeah, so he mm-hmm. he he was a he was a fan of Reagan. So I wasn't trying to uh, trying to get you with that one, but mm-hmm. I'm always interested. Um, I just I, I love politics and always have. And, and so I love that she turned that on you. Did. There's a she there's did. a way, a way that you can be my favorite, but you're my favorite because favorite for you just give me so much <laughs> material to work with, and and that is very Trojan for you. Well, let let me ask you this question. So. I've grown up in a Walker County that's always been a one-party county. It just changed which one of the one parties it, it was. I'm of the opinion we're stronger when we have two strong parties. Even if you don't agree with the other side, I think it's always great to have choice. It feels like we're kind of driving farther and farther nationally where you just kind of have your team and, and we don't meet in the middle anymore. I feel like the Republican Party's driving its car to the right and the Democratic Party's driving its car to the left and the chasm's getting bigger. Is that healthy for us as a nation, or are we better when we're probably closer into the center together? I think it's very important to work together, mm-hmm. be respectful, and work together. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not real happy with the the situation uh, now. You know, being so divided, you can't mm-hmm. get anything done, nothing passed, uh, some important legislation just sitting there. Um it's important to work together, mm-hmm. and there's no reason adults can't do that. And, and I think I think the majority of us all have the same priorities. We want mm-hmm. America to be the best that it can. We may disagree on how we get it there, and and we're we're missing out on that. And I'm hoping we get back to the middle. To a more local question, does it make your party stronger? To have competition you know does it make you work harder because you have competition do you fear complacency well or to have that contrast too yeah i mean without another party there's no contrast there's nobody to run against right i try to put myself in your shoes the elections now are your party's fighting itself mm-hmm. <laughs> like there's in district three right now there's going to be four guys that are in your party that at some point you have to create a division between you and the other person on the ballot, but they're your teammate, right? So is that difficult for you guys at this point? Would you be better off to have a strong Democratic Party to fight with sometimes? Well, uh, of course, pres- um, the preference on that and with our office holders is that uh, it doesn't um, create as much um, Money uh, need mm-hmm. and uh, and work mm-hmm. if you don't have competition. Mm-hmm. However, I think even with stores, competition is healthy. It is. Uh, I, I'm not uh, I'm not opposed to competition, and uh, that's uh, whether it be in our party or whether it be outside. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do better with a little competition. Right, yeah. Because <laughs> you believe at the end of the day, your ideas are always going to win the day. So if, so if I, you go head-to-head with somebody, I mean... You kind of want to fight everyone right. for a while, right? I mean, you just... I don't like to lose. Yes! <laughs> well, <laughs> well we've, we've talked about the, the intersection between sports and politics in here mm-hmm. and how that's a very... Uh, that's a very real it is. thing, winning and losing and competitiveness well, and that and to, kind of thing. And to bring this back local, one of the things I'm very proud of right now is that we don't have this chasm. I mean, we do have the one-party state, which I'd prefer we had a little bit stronger party to, to fight with each other a little bit. But uh, take it. So Sheriff Smith and I are, are pretty good friends. We got to work together for a while. There was a time, you know, when he he wasn't sure if he was going to get on y'all's ballot, and I was like, I can't believe this because I knew I knew him at his core, and I knew how good he was going to be. Obviously, got on the ballot. He defeated an incumbent. Uh, then he ran against the independent that was a Democrat that tried to become a Republican that you guys mm-hmm. didn't let on the ballot. Well, now, and this is what I'm so proud of him for, and it's who he is, and who I think he's going to continue to be for a long time if we're smart and keep electing him. Um, he hired the guy that he ran against because he knows the value of that man. He knows what he can bring to his mm-hmm. department, and he hired him. 
that's the America I like being a part of right there. Mm-hmm. You ain't got to agree on everything. Find where that person has an asset and a skill mm-hmm. for you and use it. And we need more of that. And he uh, hired him for a role that was a campaign promise to begin with. Yeah. Missing persons. Well, in a role that, that he's and, good at and has a skill set. And he said, I'm going, I need a retired investigator who's just going to be able to focus on this. And the man with that resume, you're that's right, it. happened to be the guy who ran against and that, him. And that's so. the part that's so difficult for a lot of elected officials to do is there's a there's a campaign season and there's a governing season, and they're a little bit different from one another. And for him to govern the best way that he could, he, he hired a guy that was an enemy in a campaign season that that, that put some mm-hmm. of those ads out there with, the, with your boogeyman in them and tried to tie mm-hmm. him to them. <laughs> so... Um, that, that's what I like to see more of, and, and I hope we see as much of it as we can. I think we'll see a day. I hope we see a day where there is a strong two-party system here that can fight each other a little bit because I don't want to have 20 years from now all the Republicans are switching over to Democrat because that's what mm-hmm. we are now because the party's moved mm-hmm. a little bit because they're always moving. Uh, I mean, that that's something we've talked about a few times in this mm-hmm. room. The parties are going to move on a national level, and there's nothing we can do about it. Um, I just Well, and if your ideas are solid— mm-hmm. They're going to win the day. That's it. And if you're not running on your ideas or if you don't, heaven forbid, have ideas, uh-huh. <laughs> then, I mean, at some point, you know, that's going to come through. But, yeah. it, you know, it, it just, um, you shouldn't be, you shouldn't be uh, afraid of competition because having those competing ideas makes everything better. I mean... Well, you just you do in debate. I mean, it, it's yeah. better to know that you have somebody going up against you who's just as you know competent as you are. That kind of a thing. So, especially in terms of the things that we're talking about, really important things. If you have solid ideas, they're going to win the day at the end of the day, anyway. You know, people aren't going to be led astray by something else. So. so you dodged me on my favorite Democrat president. Um, so, who's your favorite Walker County Democrat? Of all time. Mm. Oh, I won't touch that one. <laughs> well, you've got a lot of choices of guys that are in your party now. You can pick one of those because yeah. they were a Walker County Democrat. Oh, but I'm point. friends with all. <laughs> hey, that's right. That's and I, I plan to stay friends with <laughs> <laughs> You could have gone like uh, William Bankhead or something, something uh, way back. <laughs> all right, hurt, you wouldn't hurt anybody's feelings. Drew, Drew's not gonna, Drew's not gonna get you to tell you the names that he wants to th- tell me. Tell me a fun story though. All these years, politics is fun. Drew and I are doing this yeah. because we think politics are fun. You gotta have tell a, me a fun story. You gotta have a good one. Tell me there. a fun one. Well, this is not. Um, I mean, it's just a minor thing, but I always thought it was funny when Curtis Poe was chair. He could never close a meeting. He just kept on and on and on. on. (laughs) Well, his wife would tell me before the meeting, she says, now, don't let him ramble on. She said, uh, when it gets time for him to stop, she says, touch him and say, because I was sitting next to him, say, okay, wrap it up now, or either pass him a note (laughs) or something. And I actually did that. Mm -hmm. Did it work, though? It worked. Okay. And he appreciated it. That's the thing. He was never, uh, I mean, we teased and, uh, you know, about things like that. Mm -hmm. And he was good natured, and and I hope I was too. And, you know, it it was. uh, That's funny. I like that one uh, pretty much. Did did he ever lead meeting training classes for the Cordoba Water and Gas Board? Because they do that too. They have a hard time stopping the meeting. I'm wondering if at some point back in time he trained them. I have uh, no idea. <laughs> but uh, I, he was from that area. Hey, uh, he, may, he, may have had, uh, he may have had some input there. But well. that, that's funny that you say that because that's, that's something we're not looking at anymore. Even a guy like him that you, you liked and served with, we have strengths and weaknesses, all of us mm-hmm. do, and you were able to, to maybe offset a weakness of his, which wasn't closing the meeting down. <laughs> oh, that's uh, he was a good fellow, and I, I enjoyed working with him. So what's the future look like for, for the Walker County GOP? It looks bright right now, but um, do, do you see any, any changes, any, uh, any lightning bolts to the party, or are we, we status quo, we're happy with where we are, and we're headed, you know, we're driving that train? I think pretty much right now we're on um, 
on a good path. Um, we have a, of course, everybody is open to their opinion, but mm -hmm. we, I think we have a very good chairman and our county commission's good, and I think they want to see progress, and I know they would love to fix roads, mm -hmm. and there's just not enough money to fix roads, bottom we line. We better get some money in District 3 mm -hmm. after this election. And it's just, um, I think that we're, uh, we're on a good path. We've, we have, uh, of course, our uh, other office holders. Uh, one thing that these new people, when we've brought them in, and I mean, we've approached people and asked them to run mm -hmm. uh, in the beginning. You know, they didn't just, all these people didn't just decide they wanted to run. Mm -hmm. And um, we've asked them. And they um, were told, you know, if you don't do a good job, you know you can always be replaced. And I like to not only elect good people, but I want to hold them accountable mm -hmm. uh, when they are elected. And you can look back and see some of your one-termers. Mm -hmm. um, and I'll let you figure out all that. I'm not calling names, Drew. <laughs> We're just going to call that holding accountable. And we're going to we're going to reference back to those files <laughs> and to that research. Well, there, there's truth to that. You know, I, obviously, I'm actively serving now. I'm in my seventh year of eight, and uh, you know, you do some personal reflection yourself. I came in with my hair on fire, and you get complacent there in the middle a little mm -hmm. bit, and you need folks holding you accountable. So I agree with your statement wholeheartedly. You no, but that. you also said in a conversation that you and I had that the Republican Party can't get replaced complacent in this county. I mean, you can't just take for granted that that that's always going to be there. I mean, it was hard fought to get to the point to where you guys are, but you also realize that the ones who come along behind the ones who are serving now need to understand not to be taken for granted. So how do you fight that complacency, though? Do you have ideas about what that has to look like? Well, I do um, believe in the statement that it's easier to get to the top than to stay at the top. Mm -hmm. um, <coughs> I do know that uh, if you hold people accountable and you're always seeing a little progress, even though you don't have a lot of money mm -hmm. to make progress with, mm -hmm. if you're showing some progress, um, I, I think we're okay. But now when that starts going in a different direction, mm -hmm. and which it has in certain circumstances, and we, like I said, we have run with some one-termers, um, then uh, then that's the danger. Uh, other parties could come in and uh, and certainly uh, make their move. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't think right now is that there's any danger in that because the uh, national scene is so mm -hmm. uh, crazy. Uh, I don't know how else to describe that, it. That was the perfect word to <laughs> describe it. I agree. And uh, you know, we just uh, we can't uh, we can't go backwards. We have to have to go forward. Uh, we Is want to make Walker County the best it can be. Mm -hmm. That's my goal in this. I don't get a thing out of this. I don't run for public office. Mm -hmm. I have no pay. I, you know, there's mm -hmm. nothing You're your other than I want to see it do good. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's exciting when, uh, you know, when we uh, can make some progress. Uh, and, and we are making just minute uh, progress with uh, being able to get a little bit of funding, a little bit more, maybe, mm -hmm. maybe a f just a few thousand, but well, as that, long that as you're hot economy going. is helping. That, that helps put mm -hmm. a little more money in the bank. So it does. <laughs> you just got to figure out how to use it. So. Right. Um, is Let's assume that whether it's 10 years down the road or whenever it is, that there is some form of competition. Do you think it's a resurgent Democratic Party, or do you think it's growing independence like Drew is? Drew's not affiliated with any party. I'm not affiliated with any party. What does that future look like? Is it a resurgent Democratic Party, do you think? Or do yeah, you I see would more? think so. Okay. I don't see the independent, uh, independent never gonna, or there was on. a People's Party. I don't yeah. see mm -hmm. any of that taking off. You might see independents elected as one-offs, but mm -hmm. I think you, you're correct. It, 
you know, and it the like you t- you mentioned earlier, um, it felt like the Democratic Party moved away from a lot of conservative Southerners. It could just as easily move back, mm-hmm. but you know, if a, a national moderate Democrat were elected and then that mm-hmm. started to roll downhill, that could happen the other direction too. Mm-hmm. So I, I agree with you. I was just that. wondering because I think there's a lot of people who have written off that party as dead. To be to be quite honest, I mean, it is a train wreck. Well, and it can be, but yeah. I mean, so was the Republican Party in in yeah. what? Was it the '60s or, or when was it roughly? I mean, the the time that um, that you know, at one point people thought the Republican Party was was never well, going. You, you talk about is is there as late as yeah, as late as the as the '90s when Senator Reid was talking about in '98, '99, they couldn't get a quorum to meet. Mm-hmm. Right, I mean, absolutely. So it, just as soon as you can get there, you can fall off the pedestal too, and I, and I think you I think you understand that. And um, I wanted to ask this earlier, and I promise it'll be the last that we end on because we're talking about it. Who was the first one at the national scene? You you mentioned at the time that you were kind of following. Who was the first? Republican at the national scene that that you saw, and I'm assuming it would be during this time where, you know, it, the Republican Party wasn't the party of Alabama, but who was the first one who attracted your attention? Who got your? I'm just. I mean, was it Reagan? Was it was it Reagan in when he made the switch and and Reagan, really? Yes, he it was definitely. Uh, like of course, I followed some like prior to that, era Reagan. but Reagan is the one that did get my attention uh, big time, and uh, uh, I guess uh, that probably, uh, he probably influenced me more, uh, mm-hmm. you know, to to work harder mm-hmm. and uh, and grow the party. Was it a particular speech, or like was it was when he was governor of California, or when? What version no, of it was just uh, just his general mannerisms and the way he um, conducted himself, handled the country. Uh, I think he gets respect from both sides. Both sides. What you said. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was mm-hmm. so presidential, right? Um, mm-hmm. And and that even today is a legacy that I feel like the national GOP keeps trying to match and can't because he was so good at that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm fascinated by Reagan, but I'm more fascinated with like seventies era Reagan because Reagan actually, it was 76, right? That 76 election that he really took control of the party in 76, even though he didn't get the nomination. It only, it took four years for it to come to fruition. But I mean, the Republican party is born. Mm-hmm. In 1976, with 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 Reagan losing to um, to Ford, right to Ford technically, but at that point it became clear that that the conservative movement had won the day in the Republican Party. And like I said, four years later they they were in office, obviously. But um, there was just some different books and things that I've read. But that 70s era Reagan is my favorite Reagan. (laughs) He's he's because, I mean, he, he took control of a party that was like a moderate party, right, in the 70s. There were a lot of liberal to moderate Republicans. And it's because of the 1976 election that the Republican Party became the conservative party Conservative, you're right. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think he's been, uh, he's been really good for the party. Mm-hmm. Well, this has been fun. Well, I've enjoyed it, too. <laughs> I hope you have. Before we roll out, if there's any favorite Democrats you want to mention, you can. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> that's, the, that's the perfect no. we got to yeah. get out. No. <laughs> We're good. <laughs> We're good. We are back from our interview. Um, that was a good time. It was. She got me. Um, you know, I, all these men we've had so far have been, they, they hadn't, they hadn't ja- jabbed back at me. They just Mm-mm. take me, uh, she jabbed at me mm-hmm. on the, on the Obama thing. And mm-hmm. that was, that was fun for me because I, I kind of saw it shaping up and mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, she's going to win this, mm-hmm. this round. <laughs> yeah, she's a, she is a savvy lady. She, she has been, uh, she has been talked to by way more important people than us. Oh, she yeah. knows how to Absolutely. carry her own. Yeah. Uh, so there were just some of those questions that. She didn't want any part of. Um, the the best part about it for me is she's she's just this this quiet, polite, sweet uh, little lady, and uh, you know that's that's skin deep because mm-hmm. there's no way you build this monster that they've built here in the Walker County GOP over the last you know let's just say decade because mm-hmm. uh, you know there's a lot of work 
before they started swinging elections um, without some fire in your belly, mm-hmm. without some claws. Uh, so it's in there. We didn't get to see it well, here. Well, and there's a reason for party discipline. So it's mm-hmm. like any other brand. If you just want to use something that's way more familiar to us, I mean, you have people who represent a brand, and mm-hmm. you want the best people to represent that brand. And so in terms of some of this stuff, um, I mean, they know the candidates that are out there, and, and she obviously knows some of their histories and some of their things, and there are just certain people that you don't want representing That's right. your That's right. brand, and well, there are real reasons for well, that. Well, and one of the unique things, too, and this is something that I could see from the outside, um, when people may be perceived to be underperforming, um, she ain't scared to, to rail mm-hmm. an incumbent mm-hmm. out of there because she's protecting the brand, mm-hmm. and uh, and I certainly respect that. Um, she she doesn't take for granted how hard they work to get there mm-hmm. and how easily it can shift mm-hmm. the other way. And I know a lot more close-minded people may not think we can easily shift back to the evil uh, the evil other letter, mm-hmm. uh, but you bet your sweet butt it could mm-hmm. happen pretty quick. So. Yeah, and the hard work aspect is really something um, that – I really wanted us to tell in this season. I think we did with those two episodes, Greg and Linda's. Um, this didn't just happen overnight. Mm-mm. And I mean, and, and they're certainly a powerhouse now and have all the seats and that kind of a thing. But there were people who were meeting in a, what you tell us, Moore's Landing mm-hmm. booth, you know, in a time <laughs> when, you know, it was not popular to be yeah. a Republican and right. trying to figure out how how do we, you know, get voters, how do we get candidates, that kind of a thing. And mm-hmm. so... I mean, again, party loyalty is not something that is in our vocabulary, but if I worked really hard to build something like that, you bet your butt yeah. I'd be very protective as to what that looks That's right. like and, moving and, forward. And at that point, it's not even necessarily loyalty to, to the party. It's loyalty to the thing you've built, your, mm-hmm. ba- your own baby, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like you're loyal to, to your life's work mm-hmm. here. So so, uh, so all respect uh, from this side of the table, Absolutely. from those of us who don't claim in party affiliation, will probably never be a party chairperson uh-huh. or of any kind because uh, – I mean, again, we millennials, we're just pretty skeptical of structures, organizations, sources of power. We don't like them. We don't (laughs) like them. Um, But but certainly respect what that is Mm -hmm. and what that means. And again, this is how our political process works. That's right. If you want to see what it looks like when you don't have it, look at the current state of the Alabama Democratic Party. Yeah, they've had uh, a, they had see a little, what happens when party discipline goes amuck. They it's had a not little pretty. borderline uh, revival this mm-hmm. <laughs> in the last few weeks, which mm-hmm. I think is something we can touch on probably in season two because we're going to get mm-hmm. to see a lot of that play out. And that's very intriguing. Um, I personally believe in the the power of having two. Even if mm-hmm. one's stronger, you need to have two functioning. Mm-hmm. And there, there's no one with uh, with any level of IQ that's accused that of being a functioning body for, for the last few years. So. Now, I don't remember who said it. I probably should have looked this up. But one of my favorite quotes about the Democratic Party is, I don't belong to any uh, organized political organization. I'm a Democrat. <laughs> uh, and this, I think this statement goes back decades. And so, uh, uh, and so I think this is something that has been common of the Democrats for that, quite a while. That's pretty funny. Yeah, I'd, have to, I'd like to do some research on that because I'm not really familiar with the dysfunction, you know, mm-hmm. prior to now, but yeah. it certainly was dysfunctional now. It's there. Um, <laughs> um, stealing, um, it's not victory from the jaws of defeat, so mm-hmm. the d- defeat from the jaws of victory. Mm-hmm. The Democratic Party's been pretty good at that traditionally. So let's move on to our, uh, I'm just going to call it our last uh, true story or fake news segment. This is our last episode of the season. Oh, I'm so sad And uh, about it ending, not last episode. So here's a true story. <laughs> the world of fake news is depressing. <laughs> you don't live there anymore? It is dark. <laughs> It is not fun. There's not nearly as much humor as I yeah. thought there would be. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to throw this out there. This is not the one, but I'm just going to give you an example of, of what okay. I found here. So you may not be familiar with this, but uh, so there's a conspiracy theorist guy. He wrote a book called Nobody Died at Sandy Hook. And fairly recently, he had to pay uh, $450,000 to the father of a child who died at Sandy Hook. As part of that book, he said that Sandy Hook never happened that he had uh, forged his child's uh, death certificate. Oh, Lord. Um, uh, the, uh, 
the dad, I think, got like death threats and all sorts of things from people who read this book, who believe it, who, you know, claim he's just an Obama hack or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, so this is the kind of stuff you find when you when you go looking for, hey, what's some fun so, fake news I can bring to the table? It's with, not fun. What was that guy's goal? Like, why would that be fake? Um, why would he do it to begin with? Well, why would he think that there would be the conspiracy to make up that fake story? Who who to, I believe it is to... Like to push um, towards gun control, is mm-hmm, that kind of his? Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's very disrespectful of folks Sandy Hook, um, I want to say, what is the other one? What's the one where they accuse people of being actors? Remember, there's a whole conspiracy mm-hmm. where they accuse people who were family members of being actors, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. I know what you're talking about, which, by um, the way, fitting... There are people top. who believe 9-11 didn't happen. People in this country who believe that those towers didn't actually yep. fall to the ground. Yeah, which is disrespectful to Americans um, lost So like lost, I said, I fake news, it's a dark world and I just can't take You're it. You're out of it. So um, this is this is the final installment. This is this is the final one. Uh, I'm thinking about maybe just doing some like weird news of the week. There's plenty of weird news. There's plenty well, of weird news is good. Which if you notice this is kind of what it's turned into. I haven't found a whole lot of fake news to bring to you. I like you. weird news better um, than the fake stuff. So our final one all right, um, here we go. You're familiar with the uh, gender reveal parties. Yeah, did you guys uh, do that for Tulum? I am. Uh, I am not ashamed to say we did. Oh uh, my goodness! Because we did it in the cutest way possible, oh, and sure. you're gonna have a hard time telling me that it wasn't. <laughs> uh, so my wife and I got the gender from the nurse. We uh-huh. sealed an envelope. We didn't look. We gave it to our friend who had a bakery. Uh, she made cupcakes and filled mm-hmm. the icing with the color. Which that is, I think, was. how the whole thing started. Um, it used to be as simple as you could and cake. And we had our nieces and nephews eat the cupcakes. So our nieces and nephews got to identify the gender of our own child. So I'm not mad about what we did. Okay. I, th- I still think they're stupid, but I'll, I'll grant you that. That That's not as I had a hard time. Let me tell you how some. I justified it. I got it. Before we get off of this, I told my wife, because uh, she was like, what do you want to do? I was like, I don't know. Because I, I, you know, I'm, you and I are like-minded. I was kind of like, well, this is kind of a hokey thing that mm-hmm. we do. But this is the ju- worst of millennialism. My right justification here. was this was just a reason we've made up to get our families together and mm-hmm. eat and fellowship. And you know what? If we got to do something stupid to get them mm-hmm. all here, let's do it. And that was kind of the conversation we had. But also, which is also sad that you have to do something <laughs> extra other than know, just whatever. like hey, create a life. They you showed to, up. Well, yeah. A lot of my wife's family, a lot of my family were there. No. And then, as a, as I pointed out. My cute little nieces and nephews mm-hmm. were the ones that I identified. Well, they've gotten kids. pretty elaborate, though. They've gotten quite elaborate. Yeah, I elaborate. think I know maybe what story you're going to do here. Uh-huh. Uh, and it's real, sadly. Yeah. But you do it. I don't want to spoil it. So, true story or fake news, a man started a wildfire during a gender reveal party gone wrong. Not the one I thought you were going to do, but yes, uh, that was kind of some kind of explosion, explosive device or something. He set the, the woods mm-hmm. on fire. A highly explosive yeah. device yeah. in a, uh, it wasn't a national forest, I don't think. I mean, so it was owned by the Forest Service. Can, but, can I mean, we agree that explosive devices and cupcakes are like two very different mm-hmm. parties? Shooting things is generally a bad yeah. idea. Right. Um, I did cupcakes. For especially in unsafe circumstances like this. So uh, he used a, a highly explosive substance. Um, <laughs> the fire damaged 45,000 acres. Did I mention he was a border agent? Have I said that already? He did not he was a border. He that. was a border agent. Border agent. We tend um, to have the cream of the crop down there mm-hmm. on that job. Uh, he damaged, uh, the fire damaged 45,000 acres, burned for two weeks. I think like 800 firefighters. Oh, fire- he's got to get fined. 800 right? firefighters were involved. And the cleanup uh, or the containing it, it cost $8 million roughly to, to get this thing under control. Uh, so, yes, he had to plead guilty to violating some uh, some Forest Service uh, mm. rules and regulations. He shouldn't have been, um, you know, blowing things up oh in, a, in a public space like that. I think there was even like a wind advisory. Like there was all kinds of, a lot this of reasons is, to not this do. is dumb yeah. surrounding that one. And yes, he had to agree to pay some restitution. Now they knew they weren't going to get the whole like 8 million out of him, but um, he had to agree to pay a certain level of restitution over the course of years. So this is not the one I thought you were going to do. There was one like last week where uh, a lady died in an airplane. Oh, you didn't see this I one? missed that one, no. They were dumping uh, like pink water or blue water okay. from above mm-hmm. from an airplane. Oh, dear. They crashed the airplane. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> no. Yeah. No, so, there was one like three weeks ago where somebody was shot. <laughs> so they shot something, and when the thing blew up, like shards went flying off. Yeah, I saw And a lady her. in her 50s. Yes. Her. I saw This that. is not, yes. Terrible. Uh, 
Yes, a yes. lady in her fifties was yes. just standing nearby, and, they, and something they hit said her. She was at a and it safe her. distance. Uh huh. Sure. Well, um, what's a safe distance when you're blowing stuff up? So let me just, you know, because I, I admitted to having one of these. Let me just say that if we just had to to do away with them completely to keep these morons from doing mm-hmm. the things that they're doing, I'm in. Uh, maybe they can just do cupcakes like me, you mm-hmm. know? Like, I feel like we got this right with a right. cupcake. If you, if you got the urge, maybe you just do it with cupcakes. Yeah, I'm going off my notes here, but I believe as I was looking this up, the lady who started this, it was as simple as a certain color cake. So you cut into the cake and yeah. you had either the yeah. pink or the blue, the lady who right. started this. She's now disavowed the whole practice. She was like, this has gotten so out of hand. It's uh-huh. so stupid. This is not, <laughs> this is not what well, we're all trying I to started each other, which anymore. Which is the social media era. Which, mm-hmm. by the way, on social media, we're on this topic. Do go down the rabbit hole, like on Instagram or wherever you can, of some of these. Mm-hmm. Because these people, there are people that have, uh, I've seen where they had balloons, where you had to pop the balloon. I don't have to go down the rabbit out. hole. I have a Facebook page. Right. Yeah, you I don't. don't. Yeah. I go and down so the Instagram rabbit hole. I see these on a weekly basis. And they're not even people I know anymore. They're just sharing other people's. <laughs> because they're just, you know, they're just apparently entertaining. I don't find them entertaining. I, I was entertained by asinine, like, but I was entertained there you by, have it. I saw one with a balloon where, you know, when you pop it, either blue or pink confetti comes out. Mm-hmm. Well, they, like, hit the balloon, and it goes floating off into the sky. <laughs> and so, like, then I'm thinking of, logistically, do they really even know? Like, uh-huh. did they just give this to, like, one private party, and they're going to have to go and chase now nobody this person has any down idea. to know? <laughs> or yeah. wait till the kid pops out, or go back yeah. to the doctor? Or, no. That's why I find them funny, is because I think about all the logistics surrounding the moments after that. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you handle it? I find those to be funny. Mm-hmm. The killing people because you're exploding stuff and setting woods on fire and crashing planes. Come on, guys. We've taken Can it. Can we calm down a little bit? We've taken it a bit far. <laughs> I agree. All Goodness. right. Well, that's my. this is my version of your political sign rant. The the gender reveal parties, that's that's my thing. I'm not, yeah. I'm not a fan of them. Um, so that was our season. Uh, I, I thought we were awesome. Um <laughs> We were way more awesome than we thought we were going right? to be. Uh, no, I do I do jest, but uh, I had a good time with it. I think we're on to something here. Uh, Are we doing fun. this again? Let's t- yeah, let's do it again. Yeah. Let's do it again. We've got a short list of names. We have to. We have a list of people that we want to talk to. Yeah. I don't know. We got one good compliment the other day, too, from, from someone I hold in high regard. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think I made the comment to you that, like, I really don't care if anybody else likes it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Yep. So we're having fun. We think people are, are being entertained by it. We are planning... Um, it's going to be after the first of the year before we come back with a full season, but we are planning to come back with um, either mini-sodes or maybe bonus episodes, yeah. I'm told, to call them, because maybe there won't be so many. Maybe we'll rant well, and rave a little bit. If you're letting me talk about signs um, on public rights of way, mm-hmm. um, it's not going to be many. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I understand that may not come out on like a Thursday schedule the way the episodes have been, uh-huh. but we've definitely got some ideas. We're going to put some stuff out there, hang with us. I... Uh, we'll pat myself on the back. I'm keeping some content on that Facebook page. Mm-hmm. Uh, just today, I posted I something the about day, the, the uh, impeachment podcast. I don't know if you that if you know that's a thing, but there are about a dozen impeachment podcasts floating around right now. And I posted a link to yeah. what those were, and so people can can choose if that's how they want to process this information. So I. Uh, I'm continually yeah, looking for things to, that... Uh, steering clear of a lot of that. Uh, yeah. Even as a, a, a political nerd, if you will, mm-hmm. that topic's just... Ugh. Yeah, it's not going to be fun in the end. Ugh. Um, but they're out there if you're interested yeah, in not, it. If you I'm want, if Give you me want other a, recommendations. If you want a weekly one. or I think one of the NBC's like doing I'm just going to listen to Conan O'Brien when he comes back on. I don't want to hear that. Yeah. Conan's mm-hmm. a good one, by the way. Oh, yeah? I'm a Conan fan, though. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, we, we've got some ideas for some content. Um, and we'll just keep plugging along through December and then we'll be back sometime after the first of the year with a brand new season. So Love it. we, uh, we thank you for giving us a try. We know this is kind of a new thing for this area. It's obviously a new thing for us. We hope that we did right by everybody who, uh, who came on the podcast and who said nice things and listened to us. We mm-hmm. hope you've enjoyed it because at the end of the day, we hope that we informed you a little bit, but really we listen to podcasts to be entertained, so we really yep, hope same. that you enjoyed that. So we will see you guys uh, soon for the mini episodes and on the other side of We're 2020 the for the season. Yeah, we'll see you in the 20s for a new season. All right. Thanks for being with us.
Left on Red is a Daily Mountain Eagle production. Copyright 2019 Daily Mountain Eagle. All rights reserved.